We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host for the week, TJ Zwarich, as Stevie TPFL has taken a much-deserved rest. I'm joined by a good buddy, a good colleague, and a great... I did this... I just did this on the Agents of Fandom Player, too. I tried to say good for the DFS stuff, and then a great guy... But I accidentally reversed it. Either way, I'm with Keith Eister. How you doing, Keith? <laughs> doing well, man. Yeah, Stevie works harder than anybody, so he he definitely deserves the time off, man. NASCAR season finally over, so his couple slow months for him compared to his usual schedule. But man, that dude that dude puts in some hours for sure. Good, good yeah, well deserved break for him, especially during NASCAR season. Just such a wild grind that he goes on, and I'll be hosting the NBA shows throughout the week, and then Keith will be you will be hosting the nfl show for uh that we have later this week or i believe maybe it'll be grant hosting and you'll be on with it either way um we got you covered for the morning grind throughout the week including tonight for the 10 game slate we had a nice little four gamer on uh on monday and 10 games it's it's a lot but it's still manageable it's kind of like the limit of how big you want a uh an nba slate to be so we might as well dive right into it because we all got Monday Night Football to watch. Shout out to those who are tuning in live right now on the Morning Grind YouTube channel. Um, first things first, we have Miami at Charlotte. Uh, no total yet in this one. The NBA hasn't been great for getting totals out the night before uh, this year, I found. It's just kind of hard to find them. So if you have any uh, that I just don't have it up on the page in front of me, feel free to shut them out. But we got the Heat. We got the Hornets. 
On the Miami side of things, they are still expected to be without Tyler Harrow. Uh, Josh Richardson is currently listed as probable, and they're without Caleb Martin as well. Um, who do you, and then on the Charlotte side of things, um, Miller's questionable, Rozier's out, J- Gordon Hayward is currently listed as probable, um, and then uh, that's about it the, for the guys that matter right now anyways. So first, first things first, who are you interested in on the Miami side of things? Yeah, awesome matchup here for Miami. Uh, Charlotte, one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. They also play really fast, and that's exactly what we're looking for in DFS. So 10-game slate, don't generally like to load up on the early games, but this one and the next one we'll talk about, I think you you probably want some exposure here. Um, no hero as well, so a little bit of value here on the Miami side. The secondary or tertiary guys, I guess, have been priced up a little bit since uh, Jimmy missed a game recently and Kyle Lowry missed a game recently, but I think there's still plenty to target here. Um, Biggs against Charlotte has been a thing for years, so Bam is in a great spot. Um, he is one of those guys that's priced up a little bit, a little bit higher than we typically see him up to 9K now. But this is a, as good of a spot as you can ask for. So certainly think you can play Bam for some ceiling. Um, Butler, I'm probably out on at this point until he decides he wants to start shooting again. His usage is way down this season. Bam has been the, the high usage guy for Miami. No hero. So there's plenty of shots to go around. It's just whether Butler decides that he wants to do it or not. Um, I don't know. I'll have to see what ownership looks like on Jimmy because I'm I'm not thrilled to play him. If the rest of the field feels similarly, maybe I, I change my approach on that because it, it is an awesome spot for him. Um, probably all set on Kyle Lowry because there's just not much ceiling there, but I think you can look a little deeper in this roster, um, especially if Josh Richardson were to sit as well. He's been questionable with this back or probable with this back for several games and has played through it. So I, I have no reason to believe he's going to sit in this one. Um, but Jaime Jaquez, I think is very interesting. Um, a guy that just seems to be picking up more and more minutes as the season goes along. He definitely, um, started the season with an injury in the preseason and just had a slow ramp up because of that. But 32 minutes and 38 minutes in his last two, the heat have, as mentioned, we're dealing with some injuries as well, but just wanted to keep an eye on Hakez and, and chart, shout him out as a potential value in this one if he continues to get around 30 minutes. Jaime Hakez was my favorite one to go to from this game as well, so I'm happy you brought him up because he's one of the guys who hasn't seen all that big of a price increase and should still get some – even though Butler is in, I think he should still push for high 20s minutes in this spot, so I think he's a totally reasonable value play. And then Bam up top is probably going to be my favorites as well. He's – He's always been a guy that hasn't shown a big ceiling, and he's just shattered that this year. This year, he's had multiple, multiple big ceiling games. So love me some Bam. What about on the Charlotte side of things? We got uh, Hayward questionable, and we got Brandon or Hayward probable, Brandon Miller probable, assuming they're in, but there's still no Terry Rozier. So tougher matchup, but potentially some value in this game too. Yeah, Rozier out means that there's higher ceilings for everybody. Lamelo's price is starting to catch up, but I mean he he's a guy who can go for 65, 70 um, if if he gets the right spot. Not a great matchup against Miami. They play solid defense. They play a little bit slower, um, but I still think you can take some shots there. Other pricing has adjusted mostly. Brandon Miller is interesting if he he plays and he's listed probable, so expected to. He was playing roughly thirty minutes. Um, starting to get a bigger and bigger role. He's been starting for for Rozier. So Miller is interesting. 
Um, don't love the matchup for Mark Williams. Don't love the pricing necessarily on Washington and Hayward, but you can certainly go there just because of the usage being left behind by Rogier. Um, but it, it's LaMelo if you're looking for a ceiling, Brandon Miller if you're looking for a mid-range value. Yeah, I agree with you there. I probably am going to steer fairly clear of this team. I like the Miami side a lot better, but um, same page for you and maybe sprinkling those guys in in some tournament lineups. Next up, we got the Indiana Pacers going up against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Embiid is currently listed as questionable for this one. That's the big news. Uh, Kelly Oubre is out, who... Thankfully, he is okay and uh, got released by the hospital the same night, but got hit by a car the other night. Um, So he's out for a little while uh, now. We don't know how how long necessarily. And then Nicola Batum, Nicola Nicholas Batum is going to be out for this one as well. And then on the Indiana side of things, they are basically all healthy and ready to go, assuming Jalen Smith isn't another late scratch. Starting on the (laughs) Indiana side of things, who do you have any interest in? Yeah, I mean, you can always play Halliburton. Uh, tough matchup for him here against Philly, another good defensive slow, slow-paced slow team. Uh, but Halliburton can find a ceiling in, in any matchup. I don't have much interest in anything else unless Embiid does not play. Um, Miles Turner would come into the conversation if Embiid is out. Uh, with Embiid there, I think it's just too tough of a matchup to take some shots on Turner. Um, yeah, that, that's really all I've got on the Indiana side. Not a great matchup here for them. Yeah, exactly. Like their offense has just been so damn good this year that I think they like Halliburton is just always in play because he's shown the ceiling is there. He's always going to get 10 plus assists. And as long as uh, he's putting the ball in the hoop as well, the game stays close. He's got a ceiling. So I like the idea of pairing him with Embiid. Same with maybe some Miles Turner. Um, And then Matherin has shown a ceiling, even though it's been inconsistent on the on the Philly side of things. I think this is one of the top teams to target on the slate. Indiana doesn't play a lot of defense. They play super fast. Philadelphia has been playing amazingly. So if they get Embiid in, I think he's one of the top plays on the slate. I think Maxi is amazing regardless. And if Embiid's out, I'm just going to hit the lock button on Tyrese Maxi oh, yeah. and play 150 lineups. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that take. I love Maxi even if Embiid is in. Um, if Embiid plays, it's an awesome spot for him. Indiana, another one of these teams that plays fast and is very bad on the defensive end of the floor. So Maxi and Embiid, two of my absolute favorite plays. We saw Maxi just absolutely go nuclear without Ubre's usage in the lineup. Uh, Batum is the guy that stepped in for Ubre last time. So to be determined on who who starts for Philly, was quickly pulling it up here to see who we're projecting. Um, we actually still have Batum projected in. So that news. Just came out somewhat sometime tonight. We'll get that updated. I think you could see somebody like Robert Covington move into the starting lineup. Um, I don't think they would start Corkmas. Maybe I doubt Jaden Springer. I think Covington is probably the, the guy that jumps in and starts here. Another low usage guy. So we are looking at like 35% plus usage for Maxi and Embiid. They are just awesome, awesome plays on this slate. Tobias Harris is not a guy we generally think of as a ceiling type, but with without Ubre's uh, usage in this lineup, I think that Tobias could possibly find a little bit more ceiling in this spot as well. But he's he's well behind Maxi and Embiid for me. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If Embiid is out, all of a sudden Tobias Harris would obviously skyrocket. I think Melton is very interesting. Um, and then if you get Embiid out as well, Paul Reed, I think, is another player you consider hitting the lock button on no matter how many lineups you're playing. Um, but I love the Covington call. I think he likely, step, likely steps into the starting lineup, and I think he makes for a great GPP play. 
I don't know his FanDuel price, but assuming he's cheap there too, um, even better because the, you get the three-point bonus for blocks and steals over there, and we know that that's Covington's game. So great spot for Philadelphia. Play a ton of Embiid if he's in, and then load up even more if he happens to be out on this one on the rest of the Philadelphia one players. more cheap One more cheap value play that who could run into extra minutes, and this is going to be a bit of a guessing game with Oubre and Batum out. Obviously, we haven't seen it. Um, Daniel House is a, is another guy who could run into some minutes. He only played 16 in the last one, but that was with Batum on the floor as well. So I don't think 20, 24 minutes is out of the question for House, and he's minimum price. And then obviously, if you happen to get something crazy like Furkan Korkmaz is in the starting lineup, and then like <laughs> if something like that happens, I think anybody that starts would be viable in this one. Um, next up, we got the Atlanta Hawks going up against the Detroit Pistons. Trey Young is questionable for this one. Obviously, huge news. And then on the Detroit side of things, Jalen Duran has been ruled out. Outside of him, they're relatively healthy. Um, who do you like on the Atlanta side of things? For me, it's like if Trey Young is in, maybe I get a cup, one or two pieces of this team, 10-game slate. If Trey Young is out, they become one of the top teams. Yep, that's that's how I feel about it as well. Of course, you can always play Trey Young or DeJounte Murray. Um, just I don't get too much of them on a 10-game slate probably in this spot. A little blowout risk here for Detroit uh, with Duran out for them as well. I have interest in the bigs if I knew who was playing, but Capella and Okongwu do this thing where they, thing where they basically split the, the 48 center minutes, and it's just it's difficult to play them. I think I'd lean Okongwu just because he has a cheaper price, and if he happens to run into – 26 minutes instead of 23 minutes, then he becomes a slight value. So I think you can take some shots on a Kongwu. Um, but yeah, as long as Trey Young plays, I don't have a ton of interest on the Atlanta side here. Agreed there uh, 100%. And uh, I, I I do long for the day that we get either Clint Capella or Anyeka Kongwu <laughs> right. out. And we're just able to load up on the other one. Shout out either to the Toronto Raptors. Like either of those guys play 28 and like we'd be loading up on them at these prices. But Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's they'd be the best values on almost any slate. Shout out to the Toronto Raptors who last I checked were down 107 to 91, I think was the score at one point and are now beating the oh, Wizards 109-107. <laughs> with seven seconds left in this one, and the Wizards just turned it over. I would love some overtime, but it does look like the Raptors are going to be holding on to this one in regulation. On the Detroit That's side of things, thing. yeah, absolutely went off. Um, on the Raptors side of or on the Raptors, Pistons side of things, with Jalen Duran out, it makes Alistair Thompson and Isaiah Stewart a lot more interesting, I think, that especially in this matchup against the, uh, against the Hawks. I think they're in a phenomenal spot. Are we are we taking a chance on? Are we playing Mag Marvin Bagley, even though he keeps <laughs> letting us down uh, in this starting spot in a in a game where they should have to play a center heavy minutes because, uh, like you said, Capella and Kongwu they play forty eight. I I don't think I can do the Bagley thing, and it's because of the presence of Asar Thompson. Like, who knew this guy was just an awesome rebounder? But he is live for fifteen rebounds in this spot without Jalen Duran. Um, I have, I'd just much rather play Stewart for $700 more, or I'd rather get up to Thompson who literally had 15 rebounds the last 16 rebounds when Duran missed the last game. Like um, dude is just rebounding like crazy. Um, looks like a, a, a really nice find at the top of the draft here for Detroit. Um, Stewart uh, again, I think is just way underpriced for this spot. Uh, he should be out there for 30 plus minutes. 
5,700 definitely has more ceiling playing next to Bagley rather than Duren. Um, so definitely like him as well. Cade is only 8K. He can find a ceiling in any matchup. This Atlanta team does play fast. So I'm not sure how many people uh, will be playing Cade Cunningham in this spot, but I, I think he's certainly in play. Um, quite, I'm quite interested in this game, actually, now that we've kind of broken it down. The first two I knew I was going to have interest in, after talking through this one, it's 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 up there as well. Especially if we get Trey Young out. This all of a sudden, I think, just, I think it rivals that, like, Philly, Indiana, and then this game, if we get Trey and Embiid out, it's going to hard not to just be loading up on the six o'clock games and just like screw late swap. I just, I'm going to play everybody <laughs> in these games because it's probably going to be very high scoring. Uh, next up, we got Orlando at Brooklyn for the Orlando side of things. Wendell Carter Jr. and Markel Fultz are both out, as is Gary Harris for the Brooklyn side of things. Lonnie Walker is questionable. Cam Thomas is out, and Ben Simmons is out. Um, for Orlando, Goga is still kind of priced appropriately. Uh, Mo, like he's, there's still some meat on the bone there. I think Mo Wagner is a pivot is always one of my favorite things to do. Anytime, uh, anytime the Orla- Orlando plays and Batatse play picks up any type of ownership and Anthony black is still ridiculously cheap as well. Bancaro has been crushing it. Wagner has a good ceiling when uh, when Fultz is out. Who are you interested in playing on this Orlando side? Yeah, the, the value's tough. Like Goga's price coming up a little bit makes him tougher to play. Certainly still can find a ceiling. We saw it with the 37 DK points. Like that's great for 5K. Um, has been more around the 20 DK points the last couple, though. Um, I do think it's a decent matchup here against Brooklyn. Even though they have Claxton back, they're, they're still not a, a real real big team. Um, so Goga could find a ceiling here. Mo Wagner is a pivot. Love that call. Um, Paulo, I think, is the guy I'm looking at for ceiling. He's been pretty good here um, without Wendell Carter Jr. in the lineup. He's found a ceiling a couple of times. So don't love the matchup against Brooklyn, but I think uh, Paulo is certainly in play. Cole Anthony's price, I don't know. He, he's a guy that's tough to play as well. Just so inconsistent. Uh, struggles to shoot the ball at times, but I don't know. Probably don't need to do that on a 10-game slate. Black, we saw play a bunch of minutes and has been starting recently without Suggs. Um, I don't know. Just haven't seen quite enough from him. I'd probably leave him on the shelf on, on a 10-game slate as well, depending on how much value we get. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think there's just going to be too much value for us to uh, need to consider him. I just I think he's a good guy to maybe get you 4 or 5x, but the ceiling probably just not there on a 10-game slate. What about on the Brooklyn side of things? I feel like Mikel Bridges... Pretty appropriately priced. They got Nick Claxton back now. You interested in playing Brooklyn at all? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I like the Bridges ceiling without the usage of Cam Thomas. Um, gets maybe a few more rebounds without Simmons there as well. Uh, so I think uh, Bridges could find a ceiling in this spot. And then Claxton I have quite a bit of interest in. Only 28 minutes in each of the first two games or in the in his first game back. Maybe there's some slight room on that. Didn't hear anything about a minutes restriction or anything. So I think he could play 30 or 32 uh, in a spot where Orlando is likely to have a big out there for for all 48. Um, 6,200 is still just a little bit too cheap, I think. Prices come up, but still not quite where it should be. I think he ends up right around 7K for this ceiling with the the steps he took last year and looks like he is poised to have another good season here. Um, Those are about the only two. I don't think I'm... DFS really struggled in, in the last game. His minutes are definitely going to come down now that Claxton is back. 
he was playing quite a bit at the five. Same with Royce O'Neal, just not going to see quite the minutes. Cam Johnson would be probably the mid-range guy I'd look at, but not a ton of interest there. I hope he goes overlooked because Cam Johnson is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, in his, he was injured most of the, most of the season early on. He played 25 minutes in his first game back against Boston, 35 in his next game against Washington. So if we're going to get mid to high 30s minutes for Cameron Johnson, which seems reasonable with all of these injuries they have right now, if he's not going to be capped, he should be a 7K player. Um, and so I absolutely love Cameron Johnson in this spot. He was disappointing in that in his last game, but he shot five for sixteen and still got still was pretty close to being fine. He's not going to kill your lineup at twenty three DK points. So um, love love Cam Thomas or Cam Johnson in this spot. Hope, hoping he goes overlooked just since the matchup against Orlando isn't all that great. Um, next up, we got what should be a pretty high scoring game: the San Antonio Spurs going up against the Oklahoma City Thunder for the Spurs side of things. Keldon Johnson is listed as question, questionable. Jeremy Sohan is listed as questionable. And Trey Jones is also listed as questionable. On the Oklahoma City Thunder side of things, they are basically all healthy and good to go. San Antonio, I think, is very interesting on this slate because if they're all healthy, I'm probably not going to have a ton of interest. But if we get two to three of these guys out, a lot opens up. Yeah, I agree. Very interested in the injury report here because – um, there could be some serious value opening up here. I think Sohan, and I take that back, Keldon would be the, the biggest impact here. Um, I think a guy like Vassell, uh, like if Keldon sits and Sohan plays, I'd have a ton of interest in Vassell and Sohan. I'm going to have interest in Wemby either way. I just think this guy has a massive ceiling. As long as he's below 9K, he's going to be playable in any spot. Like we've seen him go for 50 a couple times, 60 once. I think that's that's just going to continue to be his ceiling Matchup against OKC is not something that I'm I'm ter- terribly afraid of. Uh, another team that's top 10 in pace. So this is a pretty good matchup here. Good game environment. Uh, love the OKC side of this when we get there. So we'll definitely talk about that. But um, Wemby is, is very much in play. The rest kind of depend on how the injuries shake out. I'm looking at Vassell. If Keldon, play, Keldon does not play, uh, Sohan, if Keldon does not play. If Sohan sits, that puts Vassell in play for me. I still don't know that I get to get held in either way. Um, just the ceiling is is hard to find, and I don't think I chase it on a 10-game 10, 10 slate. Yeah, I feel you on that one. And the beautiful thing about playing Wemby is, like, he's been having 40-point games, which are just not great, but just fine, in, in games that he shoots, like, 32% from the field. And yeah. so anytime that, like, you know the peripherals are going to be there, he's going to block shots, he's going to get steals, he's going to get rebounds – if he happens to get hot shooting from the field, he'll keep shooting threes. And that's when all of a sudden you get those 60 point performances from him. So always uh, a great guy in tournaments. I'm with you there for Oklahoma city thunder. They're healthy, but it's a great matchup. We got our first I believe, I think it's the first regular season matchup for Chet Holmgren and uh, Victor Wembanyama. And so Give me my little mini skinny stacks of uh, <laughs> Wemby and Chet, and let's let's put this game on uh, primetime television and let me watch. Yeah, I mean, this is a an awesome matchup between two young, big, but skinny superstars. So love the skinny stack from the skinny bigs. Uh, that's very much in play. Chet has so- shown a very similar ceiling. Um, hasn't quite been rebounding as much as Wemby, but the blocks are there. The, the points are there. Um, 
the, the rebounds are going to come just at his size. He's put up a couple 11, 12 rebound games. Uh, but he's also got some six and, and sevens in there. That's just he needs to put on some muscle, obviously. Um, but love, love Chet, love his upside. SGA is one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. People just don't play SGA in DFS, and I don't understand it. This guy has as much ceiling as anyone in the game all year. <laughs> yeah, like if no he shows up, at, if he shows up at six percent owned when I open up lineup HQ tomorrow, I'm going to be so happy because I'm I'll just I'll shove in my twenty percent and be good to go. But Awesome matchup for SGA, a legitimate 65-point ceiling. He's found it multiple times already this year. Um, as good of a matchup as you can ask for. So SGA, one of my absolute favorite plays on the slate. I think you can get some Jalen Williams exposure too. Um, 6,200 is appropriately priced, but the matchup is – I think he could find a ceiling there. A perfect example of how SGA has done this season. He has been under 50 fantasy points twice in two games. He's been over 60 three times. So he's going over 60 more often than he's going under 50 so far in this year. And one of the times he was under 50 was 43, 43.25. The other time was uh, they got absolutely blown out by Denver. So he only played 28 minutes. Uh, So he's just been the picture of consistency this year. Outside of him and Holmgren, I don't think I really have any interest in this team, but I do have a lot of interest in those two. Dallas and New Orleans, we got Maxi Kleber out, Maxi Kleba out for Dallas. Other than that, they're healthy and good to go for the New Orleans Pelicans. We have McCollum out, Herb Jones listed as questionable, and Larry Nance out for the foreseeable future now. Um, starting with Dallas, New Orleans in the past has historically been a pretty good matchup. Not so much this year. They're playing better defensively, and they're also playing very slow. Yeah, it's the pace that, that I'm really concerned with. Um Dallas is a slow team as well. They're faster than they used to be now with, that they have Kyrie. Um, actually, they're, they're ninth in pace this year. So Dallas has been – I knew they were playing faster. I didn't realize it, it was that fast. I had them more in like the 14, 15 range, but up to ninth. So maybe a little bit better game environment than than first assumed. But still, a Luka, Luka at 11-8 next to Kyrie is, is tough to get there. He's a guy who can go for 70 in any spot, but – on a 10-game slate as one of the highest-priced players when we love the spot for, for Embiid. Uh, we are going to love the spot for Jokic with no Murray again after he just absolutely went nuclear last game. Luka probably gets left behind for me. Um, and Kyrie just doesn't have the same type of usage playing next to Luka. I think I'm mostly out on this Dallas team, even though it's it's a slightly better game environment than than I was considering after for, after looking at some numbers, but Still don't think I'd get too much of this Dallas team. Yeah, me too. In 150 lineups, I would absolutely include Luca in my pool. Um, and honestly, on that note, DraftKings, give us a damn mini-max worth entering. Give us a mini-max worth entering for NBA because there's so many great contests for NFL. And don't get me wrong, I'm fine with playing all the 20-entry max stuff. That's what I've been doing so far. But I do like playing 150 better. And I just... I'm not going to play it for $15 every day. The prize pool isn't um, enough in the $5 ones to put out 450 bucks on all of them. I want a mini max, but they don't, they're always like 500 or $750 up top. And it's like, that's just not really worth it. Give me at least a thousand, put four digits up there and then I'll start (laughs) entering that one. Um, that's, I would absolutely love it, but I don't you always keep in your pool in those situations. Other than that, I'm pretty much out. 
for for Pelicans, it's a pace up spot, but they've also been priced up because they've had so many injuries lately. And so like McCollum is still is still out. Herb Jones is questionable, but they've been priced up. So I think like Ingram and 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 Zion are fine, but I don't think I'm gonna get there at all. And the only two players from this team I'll probably get little pieces of are Jordan Hawkins and Dyson Daniels. Yeah, I think um, I, with Herb, if Herb misses again, I, I do like Hawkins and Daniels again. If Herb plays, even they're a little bit overpriced for me. Um, yeah, I, I just don't have a ton of interest in this New Orleans side. I agree with your take on on Ingram and Zion. They're just they're appropriately priced, but they're in kind of an awkward range where I'd I'd rather just get up to the the superstars of uh, fantasy in the ten k range, like like an SGA. I would much rather play over Zion or or Ingram. So. Don't think I get to too many Pelicans either. I would love to see Zion start putting up 20-plus shots every single night. I don't really know why he doesn't. And that's the toughest thing about him is, like, there's certain games that it's, like, 10, 11, 12 shots, and in those ones he's terrible. He puts up 50-plus in many games when he shoots enough. There's just so many of these games that he doesn't. So something yeah. I'd like to see more from him if I'm gonna if I'm gonna start playing him regularly. We're over halfway through, only four games remaining, and there are there's a lot of uh, juicy stuff left here, including this game. Not necessarily a good basketball game, but potentially some DFS goodness. We have the Portland uh, Trailblazers going up against the Utah Jazz for the Blazers. Brogdon, Scoot Henderson, are both, and Anthony Simons are all still out. Um, and then on the Utah side of things, they are they are, they're still without Walker Kessler, and then John Collins is probable. Um, starting with Portland, without a lot of guys here, who do you have interest in? Skylar Mays was somebody I thought we were going to be able to count on to score a bunch of points, and he still did last game, but ended up not starting the second half for them. Yeah, and he's priced way up now. DraftKings was aggressive with this price, sixty seven hundred. Which what he's done in the last two games, it's justified, but. You get concerned on guys that jump into the rotation and then they start messing with the rotation a little bit. Like it's it's scary. It's fine to play those guys at 4K, but once they're up to 6,700, if Skylar Mays happens to lose some minutes and he doesn't play the low 30s that he's been playing and instead, instead ends up at 26 minutes, like then you're hurting quite a bit. So not sure I'm taking shots on Skylar Mays. Props to him. He's been incredible in his with his opportunity in this spot. Um, I, I would rather just play like a Jeremy Grant, who I know is going to be out there for 30 plus minutes, um, has a much bigger ceiling, obviously, without Simons, without Brogdon, without Scoot. Um, Sharp is kind of in that same boat. He's more expensive than Grant, and I think he's more volatile than Grant as well. Um, so I, I prefer Jeremy Grant. Aiton is fine. He's just, it's a, a usage thing with Aiton for me, like uh, just another guy who's not taking enough shots. He feel, felt like he was taking more shots with Phoenix when he was not the main guy. Like, Aiden could absolutely be the alpha on this team, but they're just not using him. So I, I struggle to play Aiden at this point. Jeremy Grant's my favorite play from Portland. Um, everybody else is kind of priced up. I want to play some Skylar Mays, but I'm I'm really worried about, about that rotation stuff. Mays is just going to be a... 150 max type of guy for me. That'd be the only way I get to him. I like Shaden Sharp and Jeremy Grant. Like Sharp has not put up super great peripherals in some of these games. Like no, you're not getting many uh, blocks and steals from him very often. He's turned it over a ton. He hasn't shot all that great, but he's going to play 40 minutes. He has played 
at least 40 minutes in five straight games. Um, and it's going to continue into this one in a great matchup. So I'm going to keep going to Shaden Sharp, even though it's bit me quite a bit these last few games. Um, like a, On the Utah side of things, pretty great matchup. But with as long as Collins plays, it's probably going to be a team that I want to get some pieces of. You know, maybe I play um, a little bit of Kelly Olenek, but I thought he'd be getting more minutes without Kessler. So um, on a 10-game slate, maybe not. John Collins, I like him, but he hasn't been showing that big of a ceiling without Kessler like I thought he would. Um, so it's just maybe like I'll play one of Markinen, Clarkson, Collins, uh, Keontae George maybe in in a lineup that I have a port like Portland guys, but not really wanting to target them on their own. Yeah, I, th- I think all of that makes sense. And I'm with you on the Collins thing. Like he was already playing well next to Kessler taking Kessler off, and now all of a sudden he's not fighting for rebounds with his own teammate, who's a very good rebounder. Seems like he should be getting like 10, 12 rebounds in these games, and his mm-hmm. rebounding is actually taking a hit, which is it's absolutely bizarre. Uh, I don't understand it. I probably keep chasing that because 6400 if I can get a double-double for that price, I'm pretty happy about that. Um, Collins is my favorite target here. I think George is still in play despite the price, the, the price increase. He's clearly taking taking over the role from from THT. Clarkson can find a ceiling every now and again. Good matchup, so don't hate that as a target either. Uh, Markinen, it's tough to get him at this price unless they're missing a few usage guys, but he can find a ceiling, I suppose. Just not one of my favorite guys, and kind of in that price range where I might as well just get up to the studs if I'm if I'm up in the high eight Ks. Uh, but I do like Collins. I'll keep chasing that, and, and George is uh, fine enough value. I am 45 points under the min cash line on DraftKings tonight, but I still have Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen. Am I going to min cash? I did not look closely enough to see. I didn't even like check exposures hardly after lock because I was surprised. So Donovan Mitchell is only 20% owned. Nine. Yeah, I think. I think you've got a shot because no nobody played Sabonis and Fox. Uh, yeah. Especially in single yeah. entry stuff, so I'm about I'm like about fifth, like a halfway in the in the rankings right now. I'm at about dead half, and there unfortunately are like right around me a lot of people with many players playing. But if you look higher up in the stakes, almost everybody is out or only having one player in that game or only having people in the Milwaukee and Portland game. So maybe not likely, but we got a shot. I think you got LA Clippers for sure. L- LA Clippers going up against the Denver Nuggets. Mason Plumlee is out for the Clippers and the Denver Nuggets are still going to be without Jamal Murray. Starting with the Clippers, do you have any interest in this team who has just gone to <laughs> crap? Making sure I, was, I said I was something. Wondering, I, was I, was waiting for, I was waiting for the adjective there. Yeah, I've gone to crap ever since James Harden has shown up. Yeah, I mean, you just cannot play this team right now. Like... Paul George found a decent game last time out. Good for him. But I am not chasing this Clippers team. I, like, you just can't do it. I, I don't understand the trade. Like, there's way too many guys that need the ball on their hands on this team. It doesn't make sense. Difficult matchup in Denver at altitude. So, I'm out on Clippers. Put Harden – like, I think you have to put Westbrook to the bench for this to have any chance at working. I like have Harden guy. be your point guard. Um, and run everything through George and Kawhi and then use Westbrook when Harden's on the bench and play him 22 minutes a night. That's it. That's like, you just can't have Harden and Westbrook work. Like that's to me, I think the issue, they're both not good at defense. 
um, and they both need the ball in their hands to do anything. Harden doesn't want to catch and shoot. He wants to dribble and do the pick and roll. So let him do that with Kawhi and have George cutting for a three while you're doing that. I think that's going to be the only way to make it work. And until that happens and Russell Westbrook gets moved to the bench, which who knows how long that'll take because NBA coaches aren't actually that good at their jobs. <laughs> um, until that happens, uh, I'm not going to be interesting in playing any Clipper. It's just XXXXX for all of these guys, except Avica Zubots is going to have to play very big minutes against Nikola Jokic as long as he can stay on the court uh, and out of foul trouble be- without Mason Plumley. Without Plumley there, there is no one else on that entire team that is remotely close to capable of guarding Jokic. So I think Zubots is actually very interesting at 5-6 for tournaments. I think there's like a 40-point ceiling there. Yeah, if he can stay on the court, I agree with you, but I'm very concerned about the foul trouble. Uh, he could have four fouls in the first half, or he could play limited minutes because he picks up three quick ones and, and they sit him down. But it's, I mean, I hinted at the Jokic love already. We're going to love him in this spot because there's nobody else behind him. Who like PJ Tucker is going to try to guard Jokic? I don't know about this. Um, yeah, this is, I, I, I get the call. I'm, I'm really concerned about the fouls. Somebody I'm going to want to mix into uh, MME, but uh, not definitely not like a single entry type guy for that exact reason, the foul trouble. Um, Nikola Jokic has been without Jamal Murray for four straight games. 69 DK points, 79 DK points, 67 DK points, 84, 85 DK points. Are you on projections tomorrow? I am not. If you were, what would you want Nikola Jokic's projection to be? So off the top it, of your head, like it's going to be difficult to get him above like 65, but I think it should be above 65. I think it has to be at least 65. <laughs> yeah. Like if I, I get, if I had to guess what his projection will be when I wake up in the morning, it'll be 64, but like, it probably should be like 68. It's just hard to put like, he's like, he just does so much. And like the usage goes way up without Murray. Like he put up a 30 point, 30, 20, 20 rebound, triple double in the last spot for 84 DK points. Like, come on. You just can't project something like that because we never see a line like that. It's insane. It's why we're going to be wanting to jam in a lot of early chalk value from these early games so we can pay up for Nikola Jokic because even though he's expensive, we're going to want to make it happen because he, he has a 90 point ceiling tomorrow. Yeah. If, if tomorrow he has 92 fantasy points, I would not be surprised. I'd be happy because he'll be in my lineup, but I would not be surprised. And so, yeah, Nikola Jokic, insane ceiling. Anything, anybody else you're willing to play on this team before we move on, or are those prices just getting a little too high? So I do think Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. are still a little interesting. Um, The prices are a little prohibitive for their ceilings, but Stevie talks about this all the time, about their rebounding upside when Jamal Murray misses. Uh, because Nikola Jokic has the ball in his hands and he he just he runs the point guard so much that their rebounding goes through the roof. Um, and he's he, I know he's been hammering the over on Aaron Gordon rebounds and has just been making bank since Murray has been out. So if you see Aaron Gordon at seven and a half rebounds again tomorrow, just hammer the over. Um, I would say Michael Porter Jr. is the same situation, but because those guys get so many more rebounds in this spot, I I, I take shots on them even though the prices come up a little bit. Sutton and Lutz instead of uh, instead of 
uh, Khalil Shakir and Jerry Judy, and I have the nuts for the football game so far. So that's annoying. Hopefully I can get a little more Judy and a little more uh, Khalil Shakir, who doesn't even have a catch yet. Uh, two games left. We got Minnesota going up against the Golden State Warriors. Minnesota is healthy. The Golden State Warriors have Steph Curry listed as questionable. So let's start with Minnesota. Pretty good matchup going up against Golden State. Fairly reasonably priced team, though. Uh, Nas Reed always kind of pops in projections. Anthony Edwards, always viable in tournaments. Who you, who do you like here for Minnesota? Really, it's it's Ant and and Cat are the only two I'm looking at. It's I'm chasing ceiling there. I get the Nas Reed stuff, but like the minutes have been a little inconsistent. If he was playing consistently 24 minutes, I would have a ton of interest because he's a massive per minute producer. He's been down in the 18 range here recently, which is a little bit concerning. Um, like Golden State has the ability to go small; they'll run Draymond at the five, and there's just no way that Nas finds the court very much in that situation, in my opinion. So I'm probably out on Nas. He'll probably project okay for 4,700, but if he if he's popular, I'd be underweight on that. Um, Edwards and, and Towns always have the ceiling. It's it's hard for them to find it with this the way this te- um, team is constructed, but I don't know. Curry can speed up a game so much, or Clay by by just draining a bunch of threes, that I think that it would not surprise me if, if Edwards or Towns found a ceiling in the spot. Hear me out. If Steph Curry plays, you can play Edwards or Towns. If Steph Curry's out, you can play Nas Reed because that's when this starts looking like it could potentially be a blowout. And if Nas gets extended run, that's when he can really smash that price tag. I love that. Um, there's some crazy things that Minnesota has been doing lately where they've actually had Gobert, Towns, and Nas Reed all on the court at the same time because they've realized that Carl Anthony Towns is actually a very good perimeter defender. Um, and so it, it works for them. And that's led to Minnesota being one of the very best defensive teams in all of basketball this year. Um, if Curry is in, do you have any interest in anyone on Golden State? Curry for the ceiling, but no, not really. Um, like the dream on price is okay, but the matchup with Gobert and Towns down there, I, I don't love. Um no, I mean, they're like pricing is still just like this Golden State uh, rotation with Chris Paul off the bench. It's just not not something that we can target at this point. Kaminga lost a bunch of minutes. Aaron, uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins has been terrible. Like, I just, you just can't do it. Chris Paul playing mid like maximum of 27, 28 minutes every game. And DraftKings still refusing to price him below 6K. I get his <laughs> his 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 price is going down slowly, but why was it ever so high? I would love to be able to just jam in Chris Paul without thinking with Curry out. And while I think he'd be a great play at 6-1, he's still not like a lock button on a on a 10-game slate going up against a defense like Minnesota. So I think there's gonna be nobody for me if Golden State's out. And then if if, if Golden State, if Sanford, if Steph Curry is out, um, and then if he's uh if he's in, sorry, and then if he's out, it'll be Clay Thompson on FanDuel, uh, and then uh, Chris Paul, and that's going to be really it outside from maybe taking some shots on like Gary Payton or uh, Moses Moody in uh, large field tournaments just because they're both so cheap and we want to play Nikola Jokic. Final game of the night, we have the Memphis Grizzlies going up against the Los Angeles Lakers for the Grizzlies. Xavier Tillman is the most questionable player in the history of the NBA uh, because you never know if he's going to play, whether he's listed as in, whether he's listed as out. It could still go either way until you actually see him on the court or not. 
for the Los Angeles Lakers. Anthony Davis is listed as probable, and LeBron James is listed as questionable after just missing a game with his calf injury, and they're also without Gabe Vincent and still without Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, starting with the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, do you have any interest here? Yeah, I mean, Desmond Bain's price is where it should be now. He's been too cheap all season long. I've played a ton of him. He's been okay for the most part. He's found a ceiling a couple of times. Like he, without Jaw on the floor, he has legitimate sixty point upside, and it's he's found it at least three times this season. I think uh, looking through the game logs now, yeah, three, four times, three times. Um, but nine K is now the appropriate price matchup against the Lakers. If LeBron and AD are in, I don't have as much interest here. Um, checking Lakers defensive stats. They've actually been bad on the defensive end. Obviously, LeBron missed the, the last one, but that's only one out of 10 games. So 22nd in defensive rating. Um, I, I Bain and Triple J are, are in play because of their ceiling on, on any slate. How much I get to him probably de- depends on how much the field is rostering him, but he would be my preferred spend up chasing ceiling type of play. I don't think I have interest in anybody else. Smart is in play at that price, but nothing exciting about that play. Biombo is probably priced up too much at this point, uh, especially if Tillman plays, then he's obviously overpriced. But if Tillman were, were to miss, I don't think I can even touch uh, Bismack at, at 6K. Um, yeah, that's like, I think the only player I have interest in on this team uh, would be uh, Gilliard, if he happens to still be in the starting lineup, Jacob Gilliard, um, if cool. Tillman is out, but uh, that'd be really it. Like, I just don't think Jaron Jackson is going to stay out of foul trouble against the AD. Um, on the Lakers side of things, if LeBron's out, I will have a lot more interest. I'll want to fire up a lot of Anthony Davis. I'll want to get to D'Angelo Russell. I want to get to Austin Reeves um, and maybe even some Cam Reddish because he's been playing out of his mind lately. Um, if LeBron's in, it's just going to be AD in tournaments for me. Yeah, and I'm kind of with you. Uh, if LeBron plays, it's just, it's just AD. We've seen the ceiling from him. Um, he It's always hold your breath type of thing when, when he's on the court because he can leave any game midway through. But he's found that 60-point ceiling quite often this season. It's AD for me as well. Probably not playing LeBron. Um, if LeBron sits, then it, it's a way different conversation. Reeves enters, um, Reddish and Prince are, are cheap, even though they don't do a ton. Um, yeah, it's, AD is, is the main target, and then we'll see see what happens with LeBron. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. If if LeBron's out, all of a sudden this team is very interesting. You can get to some, you can get some Rui, you can get some Cam Reddish, some Torian Prince, um, and you can get some really solid value there. Gonna skip the morning grind game on this one for three reasons because I one, I have a really bad headache. Two, I forget all the differentiations of the morning grind game for NBA. And three, I want to watch the end of this Monday night football game and pray Khalil Shakir and Jerry Judy get some catches so that it can be a profitable night. So uh thank you to everyone who tuned in for the live show. This will be up on the podcast feeds later this evening and or of course in the morning for you to have your coffee and place and get ready for some NBA DFS. Thanks to everyone who tuned in on behalf of myself and Keith. We will uh, see you tomorrow for some more morning grind. Peace.